And hello and welcome everyone to another installment of the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. It's Sunday night, Matt. We're back again on YouTube and Twitch. Thank you so much to everyone who showed up. We got all all of our favorites here, all the warriors. We got uh, the Captain Coon, we got Tevia, we got Kali making his first uh, appearance oh. here. First time he says he got to watch, so hello. Oh, all the usual suspects. All the usual suspects. Exhibit A of our fan base, you could say. <laughs> It is ridiculously hot here in Canada as I record this. I've basically been comatose all day trying not to move. <laughs> it, ha it hasn't been doing great for me, but I've been trying. How about you, Matt? Uh, well, it's been the opposite because it's winter here at the moment, so it's very cold. Uh, on top of that, we're sort of dealing with possibly another outbreak here over the last so couple of days. Uh, masks are mandatory now again here. And, you know, there's distancing only 100 people to every, you know, venue sort of thing. You flew too close to the sun there, Matt. You did too many end zone <laughs> dances about how further along you were than me. Uh, <laughs> oh, I knew it was going to happen eventually again. Isn't that the sad truth? I think Ontario is like in phase two right now they want to be in phase two so more stuff is open now than has been opened in a while mm -hmm. but also they got big worries about this new delta variant that's yep. coming in so they're rushing to get as many people fully vaccinated as humanly possible i think tomorrow i can finally start putting in for to try and get my second mm -hmm. dose somewhere so wish me luck on that even if i have to go a couple towns over yeah well i've still i've still got to wait until the government says that like people in my age bracket can actually get it i know yeah. you can but like it it's it's kind of a big time waster but you can okay. like just travel around to like the different like places that are doing and just hope yeah. that they have one for you but i'm not gonna got. not gonna waste my time doing that you know my mom did that and she got the astrazeneca and now the canadian government is getting all weird about astrazeneca yeah yeah <laughs> And the World Health Organization is like, hey, man, maybe give it back. Yeah, I'm waiting just uh, for the Pfizer. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I got Pfizer in me and felt pretty good after the first one. So, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if it's the second one that kicks your ass or what. I don't know if I'm 5G compatible yet or if Alexa <laughs> can hear my thoughts yeah, or anything you haven't, yet. You haven't received your kill orders yet. No, not yet. But soon, you know, I'll go full <laughs> Manchurian candidate on all of you. <laughs> Yeah, but again, you know, even if you are fully vaxxed, you know, you still got to wear masks anyway. Not mm -hmm. for you, not just even for yourself, but for everyone else around you. And, exactly. You know, hopefully, hopefully things get better. You know, all we can do is wait and hope for the best. And you know, just try and be smart and try and be considerate to yeah. uh, to us and to your neighbors. So again, thank you everyone for joining us. We got news tonight. Uh, we got reviews. We got all sorts of fun stuff. So should we hop into the news, Matt? Let's hop on into it. All right, so Spider-Man is quite the hot-button topic right now. We mentioned last week that uh, Nick Spencer's run on the book would be coming to an end sooner than anybody thought. And then we also went out of our way to think, hey, who are some fun uh, writers who we would like to see succeed Spencer? And, well, this week we got our answer and then some. We did, yeah. We, we got multiple answers. Yeah, starting in September with Spider-Man 70, Amazing Spider-Man 75, but technically starting in Spider-Man Venom, the free comic book day issue before that, we are getting a brand new storytelling initiative that they're calling Spider-Man Beyond. And Succeeding Expenser is not one writer, but several writers and artists. It's a whole brain trust of writers. And that's probably for the best. 
It is. Again, I'm very much reminded of what they did after one more day and then brand new day where they did pretty much the same thing, where they brought in a bunch of different writers all at once. In fact, I think Zeb Wells was part of that original mm -hmm. brain trust. And from there, they all fought it out Highlander style until, uh, what is it, Dan Slott was the last one standing. <laughs> so maybe that'll happen again here. I don't know. But it's Zeb Wells, who, as I mentioned before, uh, Kelly Thompson, who yep. obviously has a lot of fan love and a lot of groundswell. And apparently she was a big choice, too amongst fans for someone who they like to have seen uh what is it succeed the book and hey she still might at the end of it and uh solid in a mid who's been writing the miles book mm -hmm. for a while now and uh what is it uh, patrick gleason on art and also story too because again he's a writer as well as an artist he co-wrote all those uh tomasi books he liked so much yep and uh, also a guy from TV who's working on the She-Hulk show and who's worked on Rick and Morty and stuff. His name escapes me at the moment. Michael Michael Waldron? No, it starts with a G, I want to say. Oh, I'm why, not sure. I didn't see this, that name. This is why I need to have this shit up in front of me. But again, so it's an interesting group of people they got filling the void. And as we can see from the two pieces of promotional art they've shown us, it looks like they're going into some crazy new directions, but also familiar. Yeah, very familiar. The The new costume looks great. I heard someone say that Ben Riley's getting involved in this. It is. Uh, by the looks of it, it is Ben Riley because that is an update yeah. of Ben Riley's costume. Yeah, because I think the, 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 the premise is that obviously like Peter and MJ are going to get married at the end of Spencer's run. And I have, I have to imagine... It, it's what we're thinking. It's fairly obvious that's probably what's going to happen. She also has a or wedding she, they'll get, they'll get engaged or something. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe Peter, realizing that he needs more time with her, will start sharing the Spider-Man detail with uh, Ben Riley. That is what a lot of people are thinking. I think that is a very safe assumption to make. Uh, the Beyond in Spider-Man Beyond 2, according to the little press release that they did give us that was very vague, Ben Riley returns on the scene and back into Peter Parker's life, backed by the Beyond Corporation, mm -hmm. which was uh, the big corporation from uh, Next Wave. Yep. Which is funny to see them invoking a Warren Ellis thing right now when he finds himself in such hot water. Oh, I, I bet they were, they were uh, regretting that. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, yeah, it's fine. He's not coming back and doing anything. Right? What do you mean, Image? Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> we thought we were safe. <laughs> well, he's not doing that Image book anymore. He got uh, kicked off of it. Yeah, and pretty much an entire younger generation of comic writers were like, we don't want him here. <laughs> Which, fuck me, when Scott Snyder and everyone basically comes together, and it's like, no, 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 not in our industry. Not anymore. We're done no. with this shit okay that should tell you something about whether he's guilty or innocent or not <laughs> but yeah so spider-man beyond interesting new direction they're going with uh, I, I know we had talked about before like hey what triple a person could they possibly get to replace spencer the idea is no one person a whole group of people which is not only going to you know dictate the new creative direction for the book but also it's going to be coming out three times a month now oh jesus <laughs> It's coming out three times a month because they want to hit issue, uh, was it issue 1,000 right in time for, I think it's the 60th anniversary very soon? I think so, yeah. And uh, yeah, as I said before, it's probably for the best that there's now at least three or four writers on the book just because uh, Spencer's stuff, while really good, is there's a lot. There, there is way too much and there's, there's, there's all fat to it. None of it's been like trimmed off. 
the the last issue, the one that came out this week, was a lot better. But I know, you know, those are all the reasons you kind of dropped the book. Mm-hmm. And yeah, hopefully having people who can like tag team this is going to make for something a little bit more interesting and a little bit more compelling uh, week to week. Uh, oh God, uh, it, it's interesting too. The idea, it's like, well, why Ben Riley? Why now are they bringing him back? You know, after. Shit, he hasn't had a book in forever. He was a bad guy. Then he redeemed himself in Spider again. You've been telling me he's been Iron Man's buddy in that book. Yes, Scarlet Spider's on on uh, uh, yeah, he's on the uh, Iron Man's team with Frogman and Misty Knight and all that sort of stuff. He's been a new Force Works guy. And I'm like, well, why this white net? Uh, why now? And then it kind of hit me all at once. There, it's like, oh wait. Of course they want to push the idea of more than one Spider-Man right now because that's the direction all of the movies and multimedia are heading in right now. Spider-Man, Spider-Verse 2 is going to have more than one Spider-Man. The new Tom Holland, which which I keep wanting to call it No Road Home, but it's not that. (laughs) And as well as like maybe Ben Riley's in that new Spider-Verse film. I think it's very safe to assume that now because why after so many years of kind of, you know, sidelining him and pushing him down, are they like, no, we always loved Ben. Ben was great. We're so excited for him to come back now. Isn't this great and nostalgic? <laughs> which again, you know, there is a whole generation of Spider-Man readers out there to which, you know, Ben Riley was their Spider-Man. Yeah. As hard as that is to believe. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they're certainly going to be happy. And I mean, I think it's been just long enough now where it's like, yeah, Peter should maybe take some more time to be a mature, you know, uh, what is it, uh, husband, potentially father, friend, caretaker, I don't know, and it would be cool to see the, you know, hip single Ben Riley kind of take up that role and uh, kind of allow us to have the best of both worlds. Exactly, yeah. It's how I always thought that they were going to do with Miles forever, only to be like, no, Miles is so much of his own being, maybe he should be more separate from what Peter is doing. He should be, yeah. They can both be Spider-Man, but they can both be very different types of Spider-Man. And this also got me thinking, like, wow, how many different acts of Spider-Man are we all going to get at once? (laughs) Yeah, we've got a few at the moment. We do. And again, you know, the Beyond Corporation, their whole big thing in Next Wave was that, you know, they dealt with different realities and everything. And, you know, they moved heroes around. So there's probably a good chance we're going to see multiversal Spider-Man. We're probably going to see Spider-Gwen. We're probably going to see all these other people. Absolutely, yeah. Also, thank you, uh, Mace Winrude. Much appreciated. I thought it was Mace Win Nude. <laughs> oh. You see, you see, Matt and I are both dyslexic, you see. <laughs> I, know, I couldn't really see the, the name that, that popped up because it's very small on my screen. I suffer from a case of selective dyslexia. It makes my job <laughs> reading things very difficult. <laughs> see, every time I fuck up and think a symbol is upside down or something, that's not my fault. It's my selective dyslexia. <laughs> That's the problem, everyone. You can't make fun of me. I have a problem. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Spider-Man Beyond looks pretty interesting. Interesting way to take the character. Yeah, is, is this going to be enough to get you back on board, Matt? Because I know you kind of dropped off there for a bit. I, Do you think you need Spider-Man in your life, or are you okay I, I, not knowing what's I going think, on? I think I'm going to pick this up, mainly just because I know like it's at least going to be spaced out over like the month. You know, The story isn't just going to be one issue a month that's just filled to the brim with way too much story that could have easily have been two issues or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, our other friend and frequent collaborator, uh, Sal from Comic Pod, brought up an interesting point, too, in regards to having a brain trust for the Spider-Man book and coming out more frequently. Do we think that this is the delayed Hickman effect Marvel is seeing, where it's like, wow, having one creator act basically as editor for a whole line takes a lot of pressure off us, makes sure everything is connecting and coming together and everything? Do you think they kind of want that for Spider-Man now? I could see that, yeah. Yeah, they, they need it. Yeah, like that Jonathan Hickman, how he's the head of X. They need that for, like, Spider-Man. Yeah, because so far X-Men is killing it on every book, and doesn't it feel nice to have everything going one direction? And again, as far as we know, this Spider-Man Beyond thing is just going to be one storyline, but I would not be shocked at all if we started to see a bunch of Spider-Man spinoffs. Oh, absolutely. It's It kind of reminds me as well of... um what's happening with batman at the moment how like james tynan is well he's only writing um he's writing like the mainline batman book but like all of the other stories from like detective comics and joker and all that are all sort of like spinning up out of that and he's sort of like overseeing it all it's true also thank you uh soul bro for the subscription there always appreciate it yeah again i i wonder if this will eventually grow into a full-on like spider-man ink style scenario Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Every borough gets their own Spider-Man. Every country gets their own Spider-Man. Yep. There you go. And yeah, everyone kept saying, what about Kane from the New Warriors? Is he coming back? Because we can't have Ben without Kane. (laughs) Yeah, no one cares about Kane. Trust me, if if Ben is back, we'll mention something about Kane at some point. (laughs) Well, I think the last time we saw Kane was Spider-Geddon as well, right? Did did he, like, die or come back? Because I never read Spider-Geddon. You did uh you know i it's, it's such a long time i can't actually remember there you go so that should tell you uh, a carter with the 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 five dollar super chat hey. do you think this spider-man synergy is due in part to kevin feige being in charge of creative control over at marvel i mean not until you said it but now that you said it i can't but, unthink it actually I, I could see that, but then isn't like like Sony like kind of in charge of Spider Man in terms of like the like the movies and stuff like, like I guess like yeah now that like Kevin Feige has a little bit of hand in the comics I know that so it's possible it's possible. I mean- a lot of the stuff, you know, multimedia-wise that they've been doing with Spider-Man feels like they've been doing to try and keep Sony happy, where mm-hmm. it's like, look, okay, you can have Venom, and it can be its own thing, and you can reference this and that and everything, and okay, you can do multiple Spider-Man, and we'll do multiple Spider-Man over here. Just keep just keep letting us play with Tom Holland is all, well, is all we ask. Well, remember, there was that, like that week where they like pulled the contract or something for some reason. They like yes. weren't, weren't getting a good deal or something. Yeah, so again, this feels like a lot like, don't do that again. Don't make a big show of pulling any contracts again. We promise we'll play nice. Yeah. So who knows? But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not a bad assumption, eh, Carter? It really isn't. No. Uh, all right, then what else do we got going on? Oh, well, hey, a story that actually is involved in this pretty closely. Uh, the big question we asked last week, too, is once Nick Spencer is done Spider-Man, where is he going to go? Because it seems like he's gone from big title to big title from you know doing basically the biggest most talked about captain america story for good or ill in secret empire to the big uh what is it spider-man story uh of you know maybe he's bringing the marriage back maybe he isn't we don't know but now we finally know where he's going after amazing spider-man 74 and the answer seems to be uh away from comics mostly yeah yeah this was very strange very he's apparently taking like a big time office role 
at a company called uh, oh god what's it called again Substack. Substack. yeah i originally thought it was called Sh- uh, sub shack and i'm like he's like working at like what what he's like gone to like work at like a subway ripoff of what by god yes i'm opening a series of sandwich shops now you see i <laughs> after completing everything i've ever wanted to complete in comics i'm devoting myself to subs now i am going to fix the subs hey hey he he stacks comics really well he can stack a sub you know you'll feel that's yeah. one thing i want like that that's one thing i want that wants to be really filled <laughs> <laughs> why did my uh, why did my sandwich say hail hydra to me well you gotta wait and find out i promise it'll be worth it and very topical though <laughs> oh man you know this sandwich is so good every bite is so different i forgot that you know i had some ham and cheese at the back of here yeah yeah i like to spread it out I like to spread out all the flavors so you forget about stuff sometimes <laughs> But yeah, Substacks, what it sounds like is they're like a journalism company that's trying to break into the comic it, industry now. It's like a, I saw it described as a newsletter for profit, which really confused yeah. me. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Very. Also, thank you, uh, Jay Him as well, for this description. Yeah, I don't understand it. I tried reading their mission statement and like whenever, I'm sure you've heard of this when like startups start with like the same little spiel line where they're like, oh, well, we're a company that services other companies in the, and I've stopped listening. Yeah, yeah. It's very much that. Apparently they want to get into comics now and Nick Spencer is going to be like their corporate head of acquisition. That is, he's going to find people who want to make comics and he'll help them make comics somehow. Yeah, I, I saw in one press release they want to be like a challenger to DC and Marvel. I'm like, you're not going to be that. Okay. You're not going to be, not with like original characters. Everyone, everyone says that they're going to be the competitor to DC and Marvel and they're always wrong. Just like every, uh, what is it? Every soda pop is, oh, we're going to be a competition to Coke and Pepsi. Now you're not. <laughs> Also, Mace is telling us in the chat that Substack actually does do some good journalism and has some good journalists on there. Well, that's good, at least. Yeah, well, I, I'd, I'd assume that's probably why Nick Spencer did journal because he was a journalist. True, and uh, was politically minded, too. I think yes. he actually, like, ran in New York once upon a time. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I can assume he's probably got some, like, uh, a good... Uh, way of uh figuring out if they are good journalists or not you yeah, know? yeah he wouldn't just put his name to something without checking true you know I, I feel like we've actually learned quite a lot about nick spencer's politics from reading his comics and it's interesting when you go back and look at like uh, the platform that he ran on in new york back in the day it was very like rudy giuliani broken window policing it's like oh wow this guy underwent a major political uh, revolution in his own life and completely changed uh, mm-hmm. his ideology later on in life that's uh, you like to see it you like to see people grow and change and everything and i guess he's growing and changing again away from comments <laughs> now the big question here and i talked about this elsewhere the fact that his book is ending at 74 the fact that he's seemingly leaving comics completely and going somewhere else after this do you think marvel pulled out the rug from under him again like maybe they promised him a hundred issues and didn't deliver ah the 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 tom king method the tom king method same two for secret empire clearly his ending was much different yeah i um, maybe yeah Uh, but also i'd have a feeling that we'd probably hear about that if they had like a bad split you would think because again if he's leaving the industry what does he care about burning bridges on his way out? <laughs> 
then again, Spencer's not much of a social media person at all. I think after all the death threats he got after Secret Empire, he had to get off social media. Yeah, as well, like, since he's meant to be uh, looking for talent and everything, I could see him, yeah, not wanting to, like, burn any bridges. <laughs> that too. That too. Oh, yeah, again, Chad, I, I like Secret Empire. I have carried a torch for it. I keep saying if I ever get the it's time. It's great. Yeah, I want to do like a four or five years later thing like, hey, everyone, now that we've had a couple years to breathe, now that we can really take in the historical context to it all, let us re-examine Secret Empire and why it was actually genius. <laughs> if I put on my YouTube video essay hat again, that's something I want to do. <laughs> Trust me, everyone's going to love it when it becomes the basis of uh, the next Captain America movie or TV show. Yeah, oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. That's true. You're right. A guy can't have two passions. Maybe he wanted to get back into journalism. You're absolutely yeah. right. Maybe he felt he could do more good there than he could in comics. You're right. Who knows? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Uh, all right, then. I guess we can hop on to the next story then. Uh, what do we got? Uh, ooh, so Winter Hulk is the new Hulk character that they're going to be launching this winter in the Avengers. Yes. This is... I guess this is the next big follow-up story to uh, Heroes Reborn, Heroes Return. It's going to be a She-Hulk, planet She-Hulk type story. And uh, I guess Jason Aaron heard how much the internet loves fuckable monsters and loves giant women. And he's like, I got to get in on this. Well, there's that as well. But like a lot of people also hate it because he's doing this. Because, you know, how dare he touch uh, other people's comic work. Because you're not allowed to do that, apparently. Like they did it with the Phoenix and everything. People got really upset because someone else other than a mutant was using the Phoenix. Yeah, it's like, well, hey, this is kind of my whole run up until this point, in case you wondered. <laughs> I really have nothing to say on this one way or another. I enjoyed Heroes Reborn enough. I don't know if I enjoyed it enough to start reading Avengers Weekly, but I just thought like, ha Jason Aaron's getting in on the giant women thing. <laughs> Matt, I think for the comic multiverse for 2021, if we really want to get popular and take it to the next level, we also need to get in on We this need to find one, book. yeah. Yeah. Need to find starting right now, everyone. It's the comic multiverse open casting call for a giant woman. Are you a giant woman who wants to get in on the video <laughs> podcast game? You don't even have to know comics. We just need you to be here. <laughs> but we need your takes and insights that only a giant woman can deliver. <laughs> we promise we will help. Uh, you know, give you the bump and elevate you to that next great level of internet fame. <laughs> Starting now, everyone. The hunt is on now, and we'll go until whenever. I mean, I mean, they're probably going to want some money, yeah. which is rough because Matt and I barely make anything at this gig. Uh, we can we can pay you a sandwich. How about that? <laughs> I, will, I will even cut the crust off of this sandwich. Then again, if you're a giant woman, maybe you can eat bread. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure you have a very special giant woman diet that I will want to try and respect. Yeah, we've got to keep the height. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The height and mass so, ratio, to, you know, to a specific amount. Yeah, I, I'm sure you got one of them special meal plans that gets all the little things there for you so you don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. So there you go. If you're a lover of hulks and giant women, we got a new giant woman, the Winter Hulk, <laughs> who is both a the Hulk and a Winter Soldier, I'm guessing, by that name. Yeah, joining the, the Winter Guard by the looks of it, I think. Ah, there you go. So Red Room Experiments again. Yeah, yeah. 
So there you go, everyone. This has been your giant woman update on the comic book. <laughs> Be sure to come back next week where we will give you more news and insight in the world of giant women. Yeah, giant woman watch 2021. <laughs> well, today I watched some giant women. It's pretty good. <laughs> I recommend it. Thumbs up. <laughs> Uh, and from on there, we actually have some real news, everyone. Uh, Shang-Chi, the second trailer, dropped uh, this week. Yeah, it looks dope as fuck. It really, really does, doesn't it? I mean, you know, with Shang-Chi, it's like, ah, you know, there's a lot of, you know, pitfalls here. You know, are they going to make it too generic a kung fu movie? Are they going to repeat some of the mistakes they did with Iron Fist? And the answer seems to be no to all of those things. Yeah, yeah. And on top of that, we also got the return of The Abomination. Yep, wasn't expecting that. Yeah, and he looks exactly like he does in the comics. Sure does, holy shit. Again, I'm sure it won't be Tim Robbins back reprising it, but they're like, hey, everyone, don't worry, we remember this character exists. <laughs> Which, of course, now everyone's going to be like, but when will we see the leader again? <laughs> oh, I'm sure, like, She-Hulk's coming up, so... She-Hulk season two, how about that? That'll be the final reveal. Yep. Oh, yeah, here, we remember this character exists as well. <laughs> As the chat is saying, too, sal uh, solid soundtrack for this, too. I like they didn't go generic Asian with, like, tinkly-tonkly pianos and everything. Yep. Actually, you know, using some song choices about what uh, Shang-Chi probably would listen to if he was around right now. Mm-hmm. They've all... Oh, excuse me. Sorry, I'm really gassy for some reason. They've also really completely reimagined... Uh, what the whole Ten Rings is a concept, what that could actually mean, both for the story and for the action. Yeah, Ten Rings look really great. I like that they're dragon rings. They're not like people like that you yeah. put them on your finger, you got to wear them on your arm. And I like how they yeah. like shoot off into like a sort of like a magnetic field sort of look. That's cool. They definitely set up the Mandarin as an interesting character, not only as a villain, but also just like, yeah, here's Shang-Chi's shitty father. Mm-hmm. And you can certainly get that from this guy's performance. Like, wow, I hate you just from the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's great. He's really good. Where have I seen that guy before? I'm imagining he's probably a pretty uh, prolific actor. His name is Tony... Is it Tony Lung? Sounds to Tony Lung. Yeah, he's very good. So, yeah, I mean, Shang-Chi looking super cool. Yeah, it's great. It looks great. Uh, that dragon there in the water there, do we think that's Fing Fang Foom? Is that uh, pretty much assume it? I don't think that's Fing Fang Foom. You know, but you think we're going to get Fing Fang Foom? Maybe. Maybe a tease for the next movie. Exactly. This is the thing with all these Marvel movies. We can't give it to you all at once. you got to wait for it. Yeah. Also, hey, while we're talking about Marvel stuff there, how about that Loki from this week? Oh, that was great. Very interesting. Very man, they are not afraid to have a really slow ass pace in that show, aren't they? Yeah, it's it's like it's it's as if um Doctor Who got better writing and a bigger budget. Oh yeah, that's what I thought. I'm like, wow, this is really expensive Doctor Who. Yeah. This week. Like literally a a, a cheeky British man and his feisty female companion go to an alien world and get into a science fiction adventure. Yeah, it was great. And I liked the ending how it like it didn't it, i thought it was going to end with them getting on the rocket and be like we save people we can be heroes save. and say like, no we're just going to blow it up yeah i was not expecting that that was a completely yeah, that was a swerve for me uh we also finally know what this other lady loki's deal is and that is she's kind of the enchantress but not the enchantress you know not amora she's the lushton enchantress mm -hmm. from like uh from broxton ohio yep 
who, if my comic memory serves, Loki actually kind of created her and tricked her into thinking she was the Enchantress just to fuck with people because he was playing a joke. Yeah, and I, I imagine that's probably something that's going to factor into it as well. Yeah, because she's like, don't call me Loki. I hate that and everything. I'm like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Also, too, everyone making a big deal out of it, being like, oh, you know, Loki, first uh, Marvel Universe Disney queer character. I'm like, well, actually, they've done others before. They just keep forgetting about it when it comes yeah. time to market it. And, you know, like Loki being that like that's not like a big deal or anything you know in no. the actual norse comic he like fucked horses and all that sort of shit. Sorts yeah. Of crazy shit yeah yeah by you know by polly you know loki is everything he's an old-timey god and you would mischief, be so you would be definitely. if you're like 1500 years old you know of course you would be gotta, that gotta spice it up yeah gotta exactly spice it up from time to time <laughs> i understand <laughs> uh but yeah so loki pretty pretty solid very very different again i'm just blown away as i watch i'm like god damn this show is so different it is and it looks great it does they got their own visual language going on i really appreciate yeah i like i love uh all like the uh the neon sort of 80s feel to it if that makes mm. sense yeah yeah absolutely uh our next story here i don't know if you caught this one matt but this has been quickly evolving uh rob liefeld is returning for X-Force for the big uh, 30th anniversary of the team. And I guess he's writing a special story one shot where a bunch of the characters he created are getting together to finally kill Strife. Oh, the, oh that wily Strife, that wascally wabbit Strife. Yeah, he uh, announced he's coming back uh, to write the story and then immediately made a fool of himself. Yep, in classic Rob Liefeld fashion. Ooh, hey, I got the microphone in my hand. People are paying attention to me again. Let me piss away all this goodwill yeah. as soon as I can. He uh, he went on a spree there. He started liking Gator comments, which got people pissed off. And then when people got pissed off at him, he just stopped and was like, oh, and let me tell you about all the money I made back in the day for all these characters. <laughs> I'm like, that's a weird flex, Rob. But I found that so goddamn sad because I, I caught that one where he's like, you know, it's like back in my day, X-Force 1 was number one on the shelves. And, and it's like, yes, 30 years ago. What have you done recently that's been number one on the shelves? Uh, oh nothing shit. yeah oh nothing oh that's right and then hey, um and then uh was it he said uh i think in like the recent comics they've made shatterstar gay or a queer yes. character and yeah i remember he liked the big thing was he liked a bunch of posts that said oh he's got to change shatterstar back for to be straight as he should be and and all this sort of stuff uh, yeah, he was making. I think he was making those comments back in like 2009, and they reared their head again. Yeah. Also, thank you for all the people who just subscribed yes, there. But uh, yeah, again, live. You, you know, it's Pride Month, right, asshole? <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing this now, Jesus fucking Christ. Also, thank you, a bad man. We're getting all sorts of subscriptions right now. Also, what a what's the thought? As like, this isn't going to be fucking canon because you know, no. Uh, like he's not going to respect the the Krakoa because I know because again that's like another thing like ever since uh, Jonathan Hickman started his run, uh, Rob Liefeld has been one of the most saltiest motherfuckers yes, I've ever he seen. Has. He is so upset about like and it's not it's not like he's upset of like where the characters are going. I think he's just upset that he didn't think of it. Yeah, that people are liking it more. Yeah. That people are actually excited about X Men yep. again for the 
first time since the 90s heyday and instead of being like oh you know that's nice that's good i'm excited he's all pissy about it yeah and yeah and he got really pissy because they didn't include major x which is of course he's including in this story he's on the cover there um yeah his newest oc don't touch you know you're not steel what a what a fucking original character so what if he had a helmet but an x on yeah thank you addy adams for the subscription hey but yeah so this this story looks ridiculous because of course i mean just look at it he drew it it looks yeah. bad his art's always looked bad yeah i i won't be picking this up because i, I just no, refuse to support him or anything and the, the no, story it's not, not gonna matter anyone no one's gonna give a shit about it no because hickman didn't sign off on this and why no. would he in fact you know hickman when he wouldn't do it because hickman doesn't seem like this bitter type of person was like yeah and then i killed all those characters i would get resurrected eventually yeah he doesn't seem bitter but i'd like like the next week like there's an issue with all these characters on it and they're all like uh like shatterstar's gay and uh all these characters are just like completely different to what what liefeld wrote them and they'll probably be end up better for it yeah just like all the things he hates but yeah, yeah that yeah. would be that would be funny I'd, I'd like that very much so yeah well old man liefeld yells at clouds basically yeah is the long and short of this story yeah i i still have i i follow him on 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 twitter just just because of his, his shitty takes like they're just oh yeah it's like as yeah an old man yells at a cloud and it's hilarious <laughs> regularly it's funny too uh people were very quick to be like hey man uh here's you know rob liefeld being shitty in the year 2021 here's also uh todd mcfarlane who uh is actually there's a picture of him that's been making the rounds. the chad mcfarlane and the virgin liefeld thank you (laughs) now did you know that picture of todd mcfarlane everyone's been loving online right now with the shirt that says proud father i didn't even know todd mcfarlane had a queer kid but no i didn't even know he had either I didn't know either. Good on him for being supportive, seeing that so many people from his ilk from the image days can yeah. be so shitty. But that image making the rounds, that's from an interview that Sal conducted over on Comic Pop. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I, I got bumped for that interview. He's like, hey, man, I got Todd McFarlane coming on tomorrow. I'm like, that's fine. You can bump me for him. <laughs> and I love that that's making the rounds, and I love that's been a thing right now. But, yeah, that's uh, that's just funny. That's that, great. Uh, you know, so- some people doing so much better from the image heyday some people not and hey i bought spawn universe this week i'm not buying this i will read (laughs) spawn universe at some point i ain't reading this way past its prime cable bullshit yeah i i well i'd hope people like i am sure people are going to post uh uh, pages from and everything because i'm i'm just i'm like intrigued just to see like what is liefeld like what's he like writing in 2021 yeah also, too, I guess it should tell us how much Hickman cared about uh, all of this era of stuff, because even when all these other villains freaking showed up in Krakoa, Strife didn't. Yeah. Well, yeah, and like all these heroes, like, again, like Deadpool and like this this version of Cable and Major X and all that. Like, yeah, none of these characters like really appeared in any of his X-Men, but like he went out of the way to make Cable a, a child again yeah so like yeah just doesn't care about these characters and like really why should you because they're really thin really of course. you know you it's could, other you could... writers that made them worthwhile yeah yeah also he doesn't get deadpool he gets this weird monster venom version of deadpool <laughs> who might be the same or not i don't actually know because i don't read fucking rob liefeld <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah so there's that piece of news for you everyone uh moving on next conan the barbarian is celebrating 300 issues at marvel uh quite soon that's insane very much so they got a big super packed 
what is it, special anniversary issue with a bunch of different writers coming in to do stuff. Obviously, Jim Zub's been holding down that book for a long time, fan of the show. Love the cover they did for this 300th issue because it's totally a reference to the original Spider-Man cover. Yeah, it's great. It's cool. It's wonderful. Never did I think Conan would end up finding such a good home at Marvel and really find an audience, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's always going to be an audience for, like, sword and sorcery stuff, and especially for someone like Conan, who's, like, the grandfather of that sort of stuff. Absolutely. Filling a void, you know, feeding a hungry audience that doesn't normally get this stuff and staying true to the Conan material, too, mm-hmm. and, you know, making the rights holders happy and everything, which I really appreciate. Uh, also, too, uh, there's, a, there's a guy who drives cab in this area. Uh, when he found out I was a comic book guy, he talked about all his old original Marvel Conans that he had. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, you think any of those are worth any money right now? And I'm like, I, you know, wait till they probably make a new movie or TV show. And yeah, probably. I see this 300th issue now and I go to uh, eBay and look at the prices of some old Conans. Uh, yeah, that guy should definitely start selling them now. <laughs> They're actually worth a lot now again. <laughs> Yes, uh, Kazar and Conan are in the same universe, and Kazar is getting a book again. Honestly, Kazar is more of a Tarzan thing than a Conan thing, but they're both very in the same era of pulp heroes yeah, well, to answer the challenge. Well, hey, Conan's in the Marvel Universe. He's part of an Avengers team. I know, crazy, right? And, and, and that's the thing, like, he's great on it. Like, the issues I read through, like, where, through King and Black and uh, uh, War of the Realms, like, like, he's fucking amazing on that team with Venom and all that. Yeah. Again, I, I sadly don't get to read as much of the new Conan as I want to because, again, I have like 13 books a week and three of those are X-Men now. But every time I do get to read some, which thankfully Jim Zub was nice enough to let me read some when I had to interview him there that one time, <laughs> they've been great and I love them. Yeah. Again, I keep saying if I have a long plane ride or a short prison stint, I'll finally get to read all <laughs> these books that I want to read. <laughs> Just, just once I'd like the power of the turtle, the slow force, so I could slow things down and have enough time. <laughs> to, to read everything, yeah. Read that, play all the video games to completion I haven't played yet, finish all the shows. I still haven't finished MODOK, I still gotta watch that. <laughs> I'm still working my way through It's Always Sunny for the first time, and that's on the app. I bought uh, Dropout so I could watch more Dimension 20. There's just not enough hours in the day for me, I swear. <laughs> Is why I need an intern assistant, someone who can just, you know, uh, what is it? Give me, give me, give me the gist of that, please. Yeah, give me reports on everything. Yeah, give me reports on my desk. See, uh, back when we worked at Name Redacted, that's basically what we were. We were guys who did versions of that for someone else. That was that was the <laughs> smart thing to do. <laughs> just get a bunch of little minions to go do shit for you. <laughs> uh, but there's your Conan news, everyone. If you're a Conan fan, you got a lot of stuff to be really excited for. Yeah. Now, uh, speaking of X-Men and the three new books a week, uh, solicitations came out. They got a lot of people uh, super invested and a lot of wheels turning there. Apparently, the High Evolutionary will be returning as early as issue three, and a lot of people are wondering, ooh, are they finally going to revisit the new origin for uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, and are they going to maybe try and set it back now? I think they will, and we'll we'll talk about that when we talk about what comics we read, because that was a really big issue that... I think everyone who's reading Hickman's X-Men should read, whether you're reading Sword or not. See, I I was thinking of it. There was actually a thing in Way of X this week, actually. Mm -hmm. Did did you read that yet this week? I haven't read that one yet, but I did hear there was something in that as well. There's a Scarlet Witch thing in that, too. Yeah. So between this, 
the stuff in the X-Men books we're going to read to we uh, we're going to talk about this week and that Darkhold event that they're coming up with they're actually seeking to imply that maybe Wanda will be Scarlet uh, will be a Sorcerer Supreme at the end of that yeah and wouldn't the X-Men love that to have an X-Men also be a Sorcerer Supreme oh absolutely they'll they'll come Would, they'll come begging to her. wouldn't that be great for Krakoa and everything they're doing haha we also control the person that controls most of the magic <laughs> And we took a planet. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, I mean, that's basically the long and short of that story. And that is, hey, if you're invested in the ongoing Scarlet Witch saga, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been building up really well in like the, as like the backstory for like this whole X-Men stuff. Like you had every now and then an issues with her being uh, referenced as like a boogeyman. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, that's basically all the news for this week, everyone. All the, all the news that was fit to print, which was yeah. a lot of it yeah suppose we can hop on over to what we read this week and oh i read a lot this week i almost got everything read not all but i had to push a bunch of stuff back same uh how, how much did i read i read one two three four five six i read seven things this week oh nice all right where where would we like to begin Matt? uh well uh dc comics started their new uh summer event with infinite frontier yes that's right is it an event or is it just a book it's a bit of both it kind of is it, it certainly feels like an event doesn't it yeah well it is it's like six issues or something seven if it, you count the zero issue it feels like an event and also when i had the choice between this and justice league this re- uh, week i picked that up yeah it, it's uh definitely going to be some there were some big implications because it spins right out of death metal massive implications also too it's like man they're referencing death metal death metal was like three years ago i mean i know it wasn't but it feels like it was like three years ago <laughs> uh so where do we want to start in this one matt because a lot of stuff happened in this one. uh yeah so we learned that everyone on earth uh like just normal people now know that the multiverse exists uh, a very interesting wrinkle i don't think any other story has ever yeah i think this is before. like the first crisis event and uh event in dc history that has done it. i think there was like some hints of it in like final crisis with like yeah but i think that was just like a certain group of people knowing about the multiverse yeah generally if you're not part of the superhero community or part of their extended circle of friends and family yeah average joe schmo schmucks don't know about multiverses and everything else and now they do and it goes over about as well as you would think whereas that a lot of people are terrified uh, yeah. a lot of people think that it's just fake news government putting drugs in the He's water sort of thing uh and people who think that because they remember it or they remember it uh uh death metal uh because there's some people that remember what happened at death metal um uh that they're special yes which is probably going to lead to some cult or something oh yeah doesn't it always i i personally like the idea they were espousing there where it's like yeah imagine if there was a multiverse imagine if you knew there were multiple different versions of you that existed out there somewhere and on some earths you're living better and on some earths you're living worse how would that make you feel yeah yeah would fuck you up is what it would do (laughs) and that's basically what happens is fucking people up yeah um while the world deals with that we've got uh the flash who's like traveling through the multiverse uh for the totality looking at like different earths and trying to like sort of figure out what's going on and all the big ones kingdom come red sun Mm -hmm. 
yeah they're all existing and uh he's trying to get to the omega earth and he learns that if he uses if he runs through all of the multiverses he can get there because of the multiversal energy build up uh, and yeah he gets there and meets psycho pirate a new new and improved psycho pirate yes who again exposes his gray power to know everything that happens in the universes even in between the crises and he he's looking different he's got the omega symbol on his chest yeah uh his story is actually detailed in this week's uh infinite crisis secret files that came out today today as recorded i haven't read it yet but it is in that yeah that sounds important that sounds like i should read that you should read the whole secret files uh series it's like six issues long and it's like mini books because it's all digital right yeah it's all fantastic stuff um but yeah he's uh working for dark side uh dark yeah. side's his boss now <laughs> which is crazy but it makes sense because you know psycho pirate is on this certain level of cosmic omnipotence so yeah he should be the guy there's a great scene in the art where psycho pirate is fucking with flash and he literally jumps between like several is, different art it styles it's so yeah. cool didn't it yeah it's a beautiful effect it's really 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 awesome yeah and uh, he seemingly wants to team with the flash as well because as he says they're they're on the same side this time so that because that and that made me think it was like oh is dark side going to be like a hero this time around like is he doing this like help the universe that'd be something I, uh, I like the idea, too, where it's like, oh, look, Psycho Pirate is an actual character with agency now and not some lame storytelling device <laughs> like he was in Tom King's Batman. And that's not the only holdover from Tom King's Batman, is it, Matt? No, no, it's not. Yeah, because freaking Thomas Wayne, the Flashpoint Batman, gets put in a Superman-style rocket and jettisoned to Earth-23. I, I love that fake out where you see, like, the opening Same. page and you think, oh, this is, like, Superman's origin, and the rocket crashes in, like, a field, and it's fucking Batman, and he gets sent to uh, Calvin Ellis's parents. Yeah, I love Calvin Ellis's parents on this one, too. Man, we moved out to the country to get away <laughs> from this shit. <laughs> Should we call our son? Nah, honey, he's busy being president and running the world. <laughs> uh, that's good. I, I like that too because, uh, what is it, Thomas Wayne's like, I'm angry and I'm confused. And I'm like, yeah, I would be too if I just came from a Tom King story. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like as well that it seems to just like like ditch everything that Tom King did for the like at the end of that book for that character. And he's just like, like no he didn't you know get his back broken by bane or anything like that you know he's not like holed up in arkham or anything he got I mean, sent maybe. he got sent to this earth from somewhere in a rocket that no one knows what it's made out of yeah we also get to meet justice league incarnate which is funny because when they pitched this infinite frontier book like oh it's a multiversal justice league book assembled to like stop crises i'm like oh that's cool isn't that what justice league incarnate should do that's so it's that's what it is yeah so it's so it's fun to see them in this story and be like yeah 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 i know not all of us are on the cover but this is kind of our book like the the team who's stopping crisis is called the totality but the book is called infinite frontier mm -hmm. and the team is justice league incarnate so I, just, <laughs> I, I, I i like shit like that yeah and uh, oh yeah we get to meet all the warriors we meet aqua woman we get uh, captain carrot they're all there yeah captain Carrot, machine head yeah and yeah, i guess yeah they're because they don't have a batman uh thomas wayne will be joining them i i did like that he's like oh you super president superman go get flash and he's like which one uh barry allen yeah which one which one <laughs> <laughs> the universe is big <laughs> <coughs> really really big 
And uh, I guess the big final story there, too, is we actually get to meet back on up with my boy, Roy Harper, see what he's doing recently. Yeah, and he's stopping people from arguing about whether multiverses exist or just fake news. Gets attacked by, like, a bunch of people who say that he's not meant to be there in terms of, like, he's not meant to be alive in that timeline, I guess. You mean that literally or figuratively, I don't belong here. There's people who would argue both are true. <laughs> uh, and we learn out, we learn that he does indeed have powers this time around, and he is now a Black Lantern. Or maybe something else, because Psycho Pirates seemingly had the same color scheme on top of him. Nah, he's a Black Lantern. That symbol he had on the chest was Black Lantern symbol. I don't know. We'll see. I, I think there's layers to this. There's I think he's going to be a Black Lantern, but he's going to... Uh, change what that means because like up until now the black lanterns have been villains zombies yeah Yeah, villain you know black hand raising people from the dead i think he's and i think uh roy's gonna change that and use it for something good so there's been no heroic black lanterns is what you're saying no not really okay didn't help briefly become black lantern when simon baz was there am i imagining things possibly i'm trying to remember i i think at one point yeah i know he's been a white lantern kyle rain has been a white lantern right i i definitely think there's going to be something interesting and extra going on there because the way he used his powers we saw different versions of him from across the time stream in all of his that's that's what i want to say i think he's going to be a black lantern but he can tap he can like raise people from the dead from the multiverse because they're like all his multiverse like they're selves, from yeah. different like from the new 52 from rebirth you know they're all the different selves that's what i was thinking again there's got to be something different on it can't it can't be that he's just a black lantern because also oh it'll be more, yeah it'll but... be something else yeah but it makes sense there's... that he would be a black lantern as well because of death and everything because he has died before there's also more gray on his suit than black i think it's meant to be silver because that's that was that's what the 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 black lantern suits look like on people they're like black and like a silvery gray right maybe it was just an art thing maybe yeah (laughs) not even death and rebirth can roy escape the cat nope (laughs) (laughs) nope can't escape it it's his cross to bear again it's not it's not the lantern ring that makes you a gray lantern it's the cap of the gray lantern (laughs) got to put it on but also put it backwards <laughs> it's the only way <laughs> but yeah this uh this was a cool book there was a lot going on here there was a lot i enjoyed there was yeah i'm really looking forward to this event especially after like i've read all like the secret file stuff with mr bones and all like the uh mm-hmm. the backstory and all that stuff we had like the last one was a captain boomerang one and where he's still infected with the dark uh metal energy and he can like hulk out oh, and shit. everything oh wow yeah clearly i'm guessing that's a holdover from joshua williamson's time on flash i assume well all all that uh secret files book is all uh written by uh joshua williamson and like another writer like stephanie phillips and brandon peterson and all that sort of stuff all right i might have to go check that out then because it sounds like interesting supplemental material Mm -hmm. uh what else was this week matt that you enjoyed that you read uh what did i read i read oh we we had the ending of heroes reborn in heroes return we did yeah kind of an understated finale but that's yeah. not a bad thing it's no no i i said yeah it's it's it, it felt kind of rushed in that it was in that this is the the issue that you could tell that this event was not meant to be an event it was meant to be like yeah. an, an avengers uh story arc, arc over five issues or so <laughs> 
It's just an arc. It was never meant to be an event. It doesn't need a big redefining uh, was it event ending because we're just doing the next issue anyway and there's nothing yeah. wrong with it because no. the story did what it set out to do. Yeah, yeah, it did. It, and it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was just like the heroes fighting the Squadron Supreme for the whole issue. Yep. They do. Aaron's kind of doing his own take on like, and this is why the Avengers could actually beat the Justice League and why they're cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, sure, Flash is fast, but did you know that Black Panther could be fast if he wanted to be too? Why? Because the metal's a comet one time and it could be a comet again. <laughs> the metal allows him to. Vibranium. <laughs> I'm like, sure, it's made of pure weapons grade hand wavium. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and the phoenix and the star brand they get together because they're cool ancient buds and they could totally kick wonder woman's ass by <laughs> yeah. combining again powers. bringing him back to his uh, avengers one billion stuff yep yep pretty much yep honest uh, and what else happened in this issue oh yeah we got like uh like hyperion's like his kryptonite is vibranium <laughs> which is one of those things where i'm like damn that's actually pretty fun it's clever. pretty good it's part of his like the the, the meteor that fell to wakanda is part of his home planet <laughs> wherever that is and also hey because what is it because wakanda never came into this world never like unhit itself he's never seen vibranium before so of course it takes him by surprise and it's why he was weak to captain america because of the shield which i love that too and bearded captain america just sucks him on the fucking <laughs> jaw see it's a real shame we'll never get to see that image of captain america fighting superman and like don't worry i've got a kryptonite shield <laughs> That's a pretty awesome image. Uh, evil President Coulson, who I was very, very like excited to see him finally have a showdown with Captain America after everything that happened in Secret Empire and everything. The only problem is, is that this Cap doesn't remember any of those things. I I feel like this like I feel like Coulson's story like when this became uh, a full event, they like cut a lot of his story because like we've barely like he's like the architect of this whole thing yep. and we've barely seen one. him we've barely seen him we've seen him in like yeah. two issues and then this was like the most we've seen of him like i was sure we were going to get like a tie-in or like one of the issues yep. would be actually devoted to him same yep absolutely likewise yeah the stuff they do with colson is weird and maybe my only big complaint because yeah he's been pulling the strings been working with mephisto literally since issue one of this new avengers run and we've never had a reason we've never had a moment where he stopped and explained himself yeah yeah i i was for sure thinking we we're going to get like a heroes reborn like in issue uh, seven or something it was just going to be about yeah. him because yeah like it's easy enough to understand why where it's like yeah i died during secret empire i blame captain america and the heroes because they didn't save me you mm -hmm. know heroes are bullshit i'm going to remake the world with good proper heroes that everyone can look up to and expect you know dc heroes yeah and the only uh way i could do that was selling my soul to mephisto yeah literally selling my soul to mephisto who ultimately kind of ends up winning anyway because he still gets colson's soul at the end which was all he ever actually wanted yeah as we learned this whole thing was like a trial run uh to see it's like well this is what uh one mephisto can do with like it's like cosmic cube uh hell uh, hellahedron thing so imagine what 615 more from the other 615 universes could do if we all band together yeah we're, we're not the council of reeds we're the council of red yeah 
Uh, oh, Kali with a super chat here. How many Marvel characters have now worked with or met Multiversal Council themselves, like Venom, Spider-Man, Electro, Reed Richards? Yeah, I guess there's more than you think. I forgot there was a Council I, of Electro. I, I want them to do a story where it's like all the different councils, uh, like, fight one another. So you got, like, the Council of Reeds fighting, like, the Councils <laughs> of Spider-Man and Venom and, like, oh, the Electro and, like, the Red, this, like, all coming in. And it's just a mess and it's fantastic. And you got the Captain Britain Corps there. Does that mm -hmm. count as a council of Captain Britons from across yeah. the multiverse? I think it does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's quite a lot of them out there, yeah. And, hey, the Council of Red and the Council of Reeds are active at the same time, too. So, like, if there's not some crossover between them, that would be disappointing. Yep. You, can, you can't tell me there's not a universe out there where Reed Richards didn't become Mephisto, didn't become the King of Hell, or vice versa. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's got to be a one shot where we follow the guy who's both, who's both a Reed Richards and a Mephisto. <laughs> yeah, the War of the Councils. That's exactly what they would call it. Mm -hmm. Who is the YouTube comic pantheon? Oh, we, we know who that is. We know who's on that. You know, just saying. <laughs> just saying we know who's on that one. I can't say it. You'd have to say it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this uh, this was a perfectly fine, perfectly serviceable ending for this storyline. I enjoyed it. It was fun. It didn't change my life. It's not my favorite Avengers story, but it was a breezy summer read. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, I think a lot of people came in with expectations. This is this was going to be a crisis level event when it was never advertised yeah. as such or anything sure. like that. And I think they expected like, oh, at the end we're going to get all these changes. And we got some changes like you do in like a crisis book where like some people remember stuff like Nighthawk remembers everything. So he's going to go off and try and fix the world again. And I guess he's going to be a villain. Hyperion's not really a villain or anything. He's just like yeah, kind of yeah. lost because he doesn't have his Peter Parker, even though he wasn't really friends. He wasn't really friends with Peter. It was more like he was like like using peter and peter in that universe yeah. actually saw that where he's like called him a jerk and everything yeah apparently there was like a big difference between what aaron wrote and what the tie-in people wrote a little for bit, what yeah. their relationship was like aaron clearly saw it as a wholesome jimmy clark relationship mm -hmm. but clearly the tie-in guy didn't yeah well the tie-in guy saw that as saw the jimmy uh superman relationship but then flipped it on its head where it's like well what if jimmy thought he was like an asshole Oh, and the star brand baby is older now also. That. Yeah, yeah. Of course though, of course that was gonna happen. We found a way to in universe artificially age up the star brand baby <laughs> so she can talk now, which makes sense. Yeah, and Blade is the only Avenger who remembers everything. Which is kinda cool. Yeah, they kinda hand wave that away too, where Blade's like, Yeah, you know, magic did this. It happens all on like one page. That's why I was saying it's it was meant to be just like an Avenger story. And just because yeah. of probably because of COVID they turned it into an event true i will say blade's fight with nighthawk is the best one where it's he pretty literally cool. where he literally dresses him down completely where it's like oh did you have one bad day that changed your life and turned you into an asshole i'm a day walker my mother was bitten by vampires my whole life is one bad day after another <laughs> and i'm not an asshole and i'm like man that's this pretty good dressing down actually i like that that's immensely. pretty good take that batman <laughs> Also, you're you're a Batman. I'm a man of bats. <laughs> Suck it. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, it was fine. It was perfectly fine. Heroes Return. Yeah. <laughs> perfectly fine. I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, speaking of Batman stories and dressing downs, uh, I had Garth Ennis's Black Label Batman Reptilian this week. I read this one as well. 
yeah, you know, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't anything like I thought it was going to be. It, it it was weird and not in uh, like I know it was going to be weird anyway, but it was weird uh, in that like in like how the dialogue was structured. Very. It's very strange. That was weird. The art kind of got me too. Uh, oh, Liam was... Sharp, I love Liam Sharp's art. It's so fucking I love, good. I love Liam Sharp too because Liam Sharp draws some really really pretty pictures and like the foreword of this comic when you open it is actually a little thing from Liam Sharp remembering Steve Dillon who's obviously mm-hmm. not with us anymore. This book was supposed to be drawn by Steve Dillon because Ennis and Dillon are like the foremost partners. They do everything yep. together. And like apparently Sharp wanted to just like do it in his style originally, but then it became more like, no, put your own spin on it. And there was just something oddly distracting to me about a guy who normally draws such pretty pictures actively trying to invoke that kind of Dylan Ennis human ugliness thing. Well, see, I'm used to it because I read all his uh, Green Lantern stuff. And by the end of it, we're getting that as well. We're getting like that because the story required it. We're getting like that right. kind of like, yeah, ugly sort of gross stuff. Horror experimental. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, so, so I fucking loved everything. I loved how he drew Batman. I, I, I loved how he drew all the people, like the villains and stuff. They all look so different and unique. Yeah. I, I will admit if the goal was to make me feel uneasy and i'm certain it was it made me feel uneasy oh, yeah. there's there's definitely like a waking nightmare quality to this yeah and yeah so the, the actual story is about batman finding out that uh most of his villains have been horribly horribly like eviscerated or yeah. not murdered but they've been like maimed will never be the same again yeah uh and he goes to try and find out who did it he originally thinks it's joker because yeah, of course why jo- not? joker was there at the the big meeting that this took place at but apparently it wasn't joker it was something else and something probably much worse yeah yeah we uh, uh the bulk of this issue is batman just kind of like turning the screws to like uh to like a russian hood who worked for mm-hmm. the scarecrow to try and get him to tell him everything that's going on and you know ennis in his oh so classic i don't really believe in superhero style is like you know oh batman doesn't kill but batman can very easily weaponize that idea where it's like yeah i won't kill you but i'll hurt you so bad that you'll never be the same oh kind of like what this monster is doing to people yeah but don't say it like that though <laughs> In fact, like, uh, Alfred, who's even more drier and more British in this, when he hears that, you know, someone is mutilating supervillains, like, oh, that wasn't you, was it, Master Bruce? No, no, I promise that one wasn't me. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's Ennis's take on Batman. He's even more kind of an asshole than normal. <laughs> like, shit, there's a whole thing there where there's, like, a boxer who is up on rape charges, and Batman goes there just to egg him into a fight so he can beat him up even though he gets off. I kind of like that. I kind of like Batman oh, just like, like confronting him on the steps of like the courthouse, calling him like a coward and everything yeah. and just riling this guy up and being like, Hey, justice didn't do its job, but I'll do my job. And yeah. just, you got to try and hit me once and I'll make sure you don't hurt anyone ever again. Yeah. Ends up putting the guy in the wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, this is about right. Seems like something Ennis would do. Honestly, I expected a little more, you know, I expected Ennis to go a little harder. And again, it's only issue one. So we could probably go a lot harder. Again, is this a black label book? It is. Yeah. Again, like I, I, I really shouldn't say I expect it to be like kind of hardcore, but then again, yeah, they, they've shown that black label was just meant to be just another Batman label and not meant to be sort of like a, uh, like an adult book sort of thing. 
Because, yeah, when you think Batman and his black label, I'm like, oh, shit, there's going to be some pretty hardcore stuff. The hardest core thing is like a like really mean-spirited joke that Alfred makes where it's like, oh, yes, the underprivileged children are coming tomorrow, <laughs> Master Bruce. I guess I'll have to fumigate alone. I'm like, ow, fuck Alfred. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the hardest thing that we get is just kind of an off-color joke from Alfred. <laughs> And again, could be more, but yeah, it's a it's a mixed bag, reptilian. I'm definitely gonna keep reading it, but it's not at all like how I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, it's a, a very strange start, especially since we don't actually know what's like murdering these people. And like, I would have thought like in the first issue would get some hint at, at what it was, but yeah, I'm intrigued. It's probably not Killer Croc. Everyone thinks it is because it's a reptile in Gotham, but we see Killer Croc at the meeting, and it's not him. Yeah. So yeah, there's that, everybody yeah uh what else did you have this week uh well we talked about it before and might as well talk about it now and that was sword issue six the issue everyone should be reading right see i uh, i read way of x instead but i think it was just as big but you go first um yeah so this is this is following on from the planet size x-men where and the hellfire gala the the fallout from planet arako being revealed we get a fantastic uh scene between captain america and dr doom on the shores of krakoa with cap sort of uh confiding in victor of like how he feels about all of this and he feels he feels disappointed because he, oh, he says it so well where it's like he came out of the ice and he was like it was a dark time for him he had lost everything uh he had all his friends his family everything he knew um but then tony stark showed him that people uh set foot on the moon for all mankind everyone came together to do that um and he wondered about mars as well and obviously they didn't colonize mars and he had hoped that like together like the mutants the superheroes humans everyone would come together to sort of go to into the future together but the mutants left them all behind and he's like kind of he's upset he's like disappointed that that's happened that he thought they would all go into it together but they got left behind what a what a beautiful way to put it i'm not mad in mutant kind i'm just disappointed yeah he's like really and the way he says it as well it's like really quiet and everything is like oh steve's like really upset about that which, yeah, that makes sense because it's like, look, if we can't all work together for, you know, the good things, then we're never going to be able to fix the bad things, are we? Yeah. Um, and up on the sword station, uh, Abigail Brand is talking with the delegates from, like, the Galactic, like, uh, Star-Lord, people from, like, the Throne World, uh, all these people. And she's like, look, we colonized the planet. We're, like, we're, we're top people now. And they're like, so? There's one planet in one solar system we 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 look after galaxies like what why do we care and and we have we have our own problems because they're still dealing with that economic crash that happened in empire with the credit well that's been going on for a while yeah um so the mutants uh do like what they did uh right at the start of the hickman run which is they offer these people something that will help them and that something is mysterium it's the strange metal that they've been collecting ever since the start of sword where they went into that weird realm and collected like the white hot room yeah they collected like the uh those uh triangles 
those like weird shape triangle yeah, things. Yeah, they got a weird name. They're very obscure X-Men things, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from that, they were able to make Mysterium, which is a metal that is stronger than adamantium and vibranium. Uh, well, it, it, uh, it's like half the weight. They could make starships that are like th have thinner hulls and could fly through suns and uh, computers that... incentive will do your taxes. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, it's like the best metal ever. Best metal ever. And they offer... they Or they give... Uh, every member of the galactic uh, council like a hundred tons of it and that should foster like their economic growth and everything and all uh, yeah, it's funny you should say that because nova's there and he's like hey i'm the earth's representative you should have told me you were doing this with uh mars and everything i'm <laughs> i'm earth's representative to this council you need to tell me when this is happening and they're like eh, you're busy with other things like null and all that eh, we don't need to talk to you human <laughs> dick rider getting punked yet again yeah. but then also he, he calls brand out and says like this isn't charity this is a bribe like what is this paying yep. for and and obviously brand's like oh we would just want to be acknowledged that you know we're a we're a unified front and we want to be part of the galactic and everything and dr doom shows up and he's like why should i care like who's who speaks for you like who's the voice of mars and we learn the voice of mars is storm uh oh, who shit. who's now the regent of soul oh that's cool and also the shiar empire like owe her a favor don't they because she saved uh uh xavier's alien daughter that's another thing like smasher is like all for this uh as well as in the last issue they um the the mutants got involved in the snark war and they stopped ah. that and they and now the the new leader of those people owe them a favor so they've been like oh, sort shit. of like positioning themselves to do this space politics man wheeling and dealing yeah 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 um that's not all at the end of the issue we we meet up with magneto who's like drinking alone uh and he gets visited on krakoa by scarlet witch uh he's he who he actually invited uh and we learn that he plans on accepting her back as his daughter and they're gonna he says he's going to fix it so that she will be accepted as a mutant now and he'll do whatever it takes for that to happen now does this have something to do with the trial of magneto that's that what is, i was is thinking he, is he gonna do something so crazy that they gotta put his ass on trial I, that's what i was thinking but i was all but someone in my comments also brought this up and i thought about it but they, yeah it's probably a bit too like complicated i was thinking what if that wasn't magneto what if that was mystique and this is her shit. like fucking with magneto and xavier and she's gonna he's gonna like kill scarlet witch or something to make her be reborn on krakoa or something you you took away someone i love now i'm gonna take away yeah. someone you love yeah here's the thing uh they actually do some of that in way of x this week too so this shit actually all connects in a really fucking interesting way the two x-men books that came out oh i have to i've no 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 doubt that they were meant to connect of course, yeah. God damn, it's so fucking rewarding when you read all of them. Oh my god. <laughs> so uh, it's we're, we're back checking out with Nightcrawler again. He's trying to build the mutant religion and everything. He's working with Legion to try and hunt the mm -hmm. ghost of Onslaught, basically, that's attacking you know vulnerable mutants as they're reborn. And he's so stressed out at the Hellfire Gala, he just like drinks himself into oblivion and like makes an ass of himself talking to everyone. <laughs> like, what do you think we should do about the religion? You know, I think, you know, no Western religion is good for Krakow. What, what about the three laws? What if we just really focus on them? Okay, what's the first one? Baby making, let's do some baby making. And then he passes out. And then we see the party when it's over and everyone is left. 
But in the corner, we see Magneto having a father-daughter dance with Scarlet Witch when everyone else is gone. Oh, yeah, that, that'll be like the end, because at the end, they start dancing. Yep, so literally we see that. And because Kurt is passed out, no one saw it, no one knew, but there you go. So, wow, he snuck her on the island. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is fucking crazy, because he was so on board with demonizing her and making that, her that's a what, That's what I find really funny about it. Yeah, he's, like, so hardcore against her and, like, pretenders and everything, but, you know, you, you, he's really big softy. He's a softy, and yet that's also so Magnian. She's like, you're a fucking hypocrite, are you, at the end of the day? You know, uh, mutant rights and mutant this and that for you, but not for me. I well, can do what I want, though. Well, yeah, again, in S.W.O.R.D., like, when he's talking with um, Scarlet Witch, he makes it sound like, um, like, oh, well, like, I'm the mutant hero now. I've created a world. I can do whatever the fuck I want now. Yep, you egotistical maniac, you. Yeah. Uh, the that's a great moment, and the rest of this issue is great, too, because it's all about trying to unpack and dissect that first law of Krakoa, make more mutants, and it's an entire story about sex and sexuality told from multiple different angles. Nice. And it's actually, it's really fucking daring and ballsy. Uh, we meet two mutants there who really want to hook up, but they can't because their powers might literally kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> but they're but they're really horned up and want to be with each other and legion's like don't worry i got this i'm gonna psychically mind meld you two and you can fuck in the astral plane thank you later <laughs> the only problem with that is that he supercharges it too much and it's like oh no we've completely bonded as people i know all your dark thoughts and secrets oh god i know all your dark thoughts and secrets <laughs> and it's like really horrible and they like hate each other afterwards but legion's like oh hey all those negative emotions, that's what summoned Onslaught. I should keep doing this then so we can catch Onslaught. <laughs> but also, we can't tell anybody about this because Onslaught is made up of the psychic energy of the two greatest Krakoan founding fathers, Professor X and Magneto. We don't know if he's influencing them or they're influencing him, so we gotta actually keep this super hush-hush from everybody. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, B Black and rewarding finally to see why Storm was leaving. A nice little moment retrospect after Sword, plus glad someone finally rests Wakanda Empire. Yeah, true enough, you're right, because she had to leave Marauders. You're right, and she had a really teary goodbye with all of them. And I'm like, well, where are you going? Well, that's where she's going. Yeah, now, I don't know whether she's going to be repping the Wakandan Empire, because they're part of that galactic, and they didn't. They uh, declined uh, Krakoa's offer, that offer again for the medal. So they're like, we don't need that fucking medal. We've got our own. Right they're still mad at each other right because she had to steal the sword and extra yeah. swords yeah uh what is it uh nightcrawler does a bunch of shit where he's watching like young mutant couples to see how you know that's progressing and everything mm -hmm. also thank you uh be black again there i always appreciate it uh we see that uh there's a like hooded mutant handing out birth control and shit and he's like hey, hey you can't do that <laughs> and we find out it's stacy x las vegas mutant escort with pheromone powers <laughs> And she's like, yeah, man, let me show you how stupid your Make More Mutants thing really is and how broken and wrong it is. One, a bunch of these mutants kill each other because, you know, they're not compatible, but they're all like, you know, these horned up demigods and everything. Also, notice you don't see any babies on Krakoa, Kurt. You want to know what's up with that? Because they all come to me and she has a whole orphanage nursery of abandoned children on Krakoa. Oh, wow. And it's like, the council doesn't give a shit about these kids. I've been taking care of them on my own because they're too busy selling drugs and stealing planets. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Uh, yes. Just... I love that they and can call that out on this. 
that's what's so great about Way of Axe. They're just not afraid of being like, let's examine the dark underbelly of Krakoa. And this just destroys Kirk. He's like, oh my God, I pitched this idea. Because remember, that first law was him. Yeah, yep. And he's like, oh my God, what have I, what have I done here? This is so wrong. Uh, th- then Fabian Cortez comes back into the story in an interesting way. Oh, fantastic. Because he just got fired off a sword for asking too many questions about the second law. Yeah, he uh, he wanted to be part of like the big mutant love-in that uh, Stacey X is hosting there. It's like, you know, it's a safe place where everyone can come and not be afraid to express themselves and everything. A woman kicks him out saying there, stop reading me your sad poetry and no, I won't put the Magneto helmet on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so he gets he gets all pissed off, and that summons uh, what is it onslaught again? So they have to fight him off. And you think, man, this is gonna have a really sad ending? No, it actually has a really happy ending. Where Stacy X is like, nah, you know, Kirk, you can't get down on yourself. Maybe Krakoa doesn't need laws, and it doesn't need religion. Maybe it just needs people like you and me who tried to help today and yeah. tried to make things better. And we did. And I'm like, wow, what a really sweet, beautiful message at the end of this that is like, you know, sex positive and also like, you know, people positive. And I'm like, man, it's bits like this where it's like, no, Krakoa can still work. It's just that the wrong people are in charge. Yeah. Again, like now that all this has come to light, what's Xavier going to be up to now? Because I I, I had a theory that like, like, because they like there was no children or anything because you've now explained why I'm thinking it's like, oh, it's because like Xavier's going to make it so that like only certain mutants can get together and have children so then they can create stronger mutants so it's only like the the strongest survive sort of thing well here's the funny thing dr nemesis says that you know if the council really cared about shoring up mutant numbers they would just let me and sinister make more test tube babies yeah but but they're afraid of you know the slippery slope of eugenics so the only way we can make more mutants is by knocking boots the old-fashioned way and i'm like oh but we already know from hawks and pox in the future there's like breeding pits and shit so they like abandon that idea in the future yeah i, I was gonna say they're probably gonna abandon it they'll be like oh that's that's a very human way of doing it you know sort of yeah. thing can't have that we can, we can do it better yeah 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 we can do it better we can do it nine times yeah more efficiently yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah just man the places that way of x is going and how they're not afraid to tackle some very serious subject matter and also be very critical of the darker aspects of krakoa i'm like mm-hmm. holy shit this book is so good yeah i love this i love sword i i love all these books that are like question like the x-men book near the end there was starting to do it like questioning like xavier's rule and stuff and like what his his ideas because like and when you think about it like the the whole uh like laws and everything that was set up like like in like an hour like very yes. hastily set up and everything yep. and now it's oh, coming yeah, back to like yeah. bite them in the ass you know what it is and what i think some people are missing when they talk about hickman's x-men run they're like oh they're so bad now they're so evil i'm like yeah because it's a commentary on nationalism Mm -hmm. is what it is no every country has been built on the backs of blood and horror and subjugation and colonialism but we don't like to think about it because yeah but i live here though so like it must be okay and the x-men are my heroes my founding fathers, so it must be okay there's, but now that you actually get to see it through that land there's also that other that other aspect that like the mutants like they go so hard and that while oh, we're so much better than humans we're we're so fucking good and everything where it's like well no you're really not you're doing all of the same mistakes that humans did there you, you're more human than humans 
Thank you, Rob Zombie. Yeah, you're on an accelerated course in the <laughs> sins of humanity. Oh, B Black back again with us. Which mutant's character development are you most proud? And do you think a new mutant ending will influence the clone resurrection restrictions? Man, that's hard because there's like so many characters who have developed so well. I'm really, uh, I really like uh, Cyclops's uh, development yeah. going from like a hardcore like 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 he was really in like Lieber, magneto's yeah. pocket to like being like yeah maybe not maybe i've got to like separate myself from this i just want the x-men to be a hero team you know it's funny cyclops developed to come full circle and come back to being the guy we loved so much yeah. before he went nuts during schism and everything yeah. his development is getting to be back to the guy we liked so much <laughs> that's a good one beast has arguably developed yes too. beast <laughs> He's developed into a bastard asshole, but yeah. he has developed. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna have to make a video at this point to be like, no, no, no. This has all actually been part of his journey. It's just his journey went somewhere bad. He's like where you expect the journey to be more heroic. He went in the opposite way. Again, nationalism and power and unchecked power has corrupted Hank completely. Yeah. Yeah. War crime beast. We are in the war crime <laughs> yeah. beast era. <laughs> of comics actually uh hey speaking of that was another one this week wolverine 13 the next part of the hellfire gala yeah what happened in that uh so b sends his people to try and get all the plant monsters that are going nuts he's like you got to be really stealthy about this because if we get caught it's my ass mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like wolverine is fighting the plant monsters only to realize oh the plant monsters don't want to kill anyone they just want to leave <laughs> And they're like, yeah, Beast stole our country and our technology and, like, enslaved us and made us come here to shake hands and be nice. And Wolverine's like, oh, well, that's really bad. I know what it's like to have people mess with your minds and make you do things you don't want to do. <laughs> that's I'm on your side now. And then uh, uh, Deadpool also gets to save Domino, too. Again, she tried to kick him out. And now he actually comes in and saves her. And that's a big moment uh eventually beast is forced to let the plant guys go no no i bet that hurt his his uh his ego oh he's he's furious he's pissed he's like sage put the controls back on them and sage is like no i refuse i talked to emma frost and he's like that's insubordination and sage slaps him across the face <laughs> like literally this whole issue is just chickens coming home to roost and beast like getting read the riot act it's great and uh Emma literally comes to him and it's like, hey, motherfucker, I heard what you were doing. You know what we had to do to make this right? We had to give the plant people a billion dollars American, give them back all their uh, tech trademarks that X-Corp was using, and they no longer uh, have to recognize Krakoa as a country, and that's all your fault. <laughs> and Beast is like, don't you come at me with morality, Emma. Sure, I may have wanted to try and spy on the entire globe, friends and enemies alike, but you took a fucking planet what we were all drinking. <laughs> The fact is we're both bastards the only difference is is that you're a bastard in the light i'm a bastard in the dark and trust me any the things that will save krako and the mutant people is the things i do in the dark <laughs> I'm, I'm fairly certain that he was just paraphrasing i don't know like uh dr mangler or joseph goebbels or something or someone horrible yeah <laughs> actually i think he quotes voltaire actually in the beginning of their conversation of, of course of course he does and he also like kind of drops an interesting thing too where it's like yeah you caught me this time but it's not gonna stop me i'm gonna keep doing it because xavier loves me and like totally will always have my back for all yeah. my bad behavior oh yeah of course he will yeah xavier will do that whole uh, oh i didn't see it i didn't i couldn't see it i couldn't see him other, through my helmet you know because that's the other fucked up thing about beast turned to the dark side 
Xavier is okaying all of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Xavier, they, like, pushed him towards it. He gave him the job. Like, again, he beast is his monster that he created. Yeah, yeah. And, like, now they kind of seek to imply, too, that the Marauders aren't going to be cool with X-Force now and that that might be, like, a little turf war between them now, between Emma and Beast. Oh, awesome. So, yeah, when the CIA goes to a war with the trading companies, <laughs> how will that end, right? Yeah. Uh. That's great. Well, I know exactly. I know exactly how it'll end. It'll end with Xavier and Magneto having to step in and be like, "Hey, what the hell? You guys can't fight each other." Yeah. Well, the, yeah, they'll say that, but then they'll be like, "Okay, Beast, you, you're in the right here. Go, go, commit more war crimes. Go, go, commit genocide against an entire race." Secretly, we love it though when they fight each other, though, because yeah. that makes them easier to control. You know, they yeah. they need to. We need them fighting each other and trying to one up each other. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, so if you if you've been wanting Beast to get reamed out, that's the issue for him. <laughs> and that's your three X Men books from this week, everyone. Yeah. Oh God, X Men's so good. I can't wait for Inferno to start either. I wonder what the hell's going to go on in that. Which, which seems like a crazy thing to want. Like, man, there's so much X Men now. You know what I could go for? A little more X Men. A little more X Men. Under. I'm going to be so sad when this whole thing ends and like whatever comes next. Like, how is that ever going to measure up to this? I mean, same with Avengers and everything Marvel, where it's like, well, how is this going to be able to top Secret Wars? We got there eventually, but yeah, it's going to be a weird time. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? I only had like two more. Yeah, I had, uh, let's have a look here on the list. I had Batman Superman right. issue 19. Oh, see, I uh, pushed this one further down because I knew it was canceled. <laughs> oh, it was, still, it was still fucking awesome. Oh, I know. It's been excellent so far. Breaks my goddamn heart. Yeah, so uh, the Batman and Superman on Earth-Zero get trapped in that Phantom Zone crystal. Uh, so their film reel counterparts, which are the Golden Age versions of them, have to uh, uh, go after Orta to save the crystal, and they end up getting transported into uh, multiple different film reels. The first one they get transported into uh, has them meeting up with Alana and Sardath. Uh, oh, and alana ends up joining their little team um as they look for the crystal and we find that Orta has like changed himself into like a, a giant like worm that has the crystal because he can do that because he's master of these things and uh, upon attacking him they find out that uh he isn't actually a robot he is an alien and he yeah and, and you see i thought he was an ai we found out last issue that, he changed it again this whole issue explains all of that uh he's a he's a blue-skinned alien and um he ends up escaping into another another world which is a wild west world uh where the heroes change into it. cowboys and everything and they they team up with el diablo uh, who's basically oh, zorro nice. yes i know he would always hang out with jonah hex and everyone yeah he's a real forgotten on him and sheriff powwow and everyone yeah so and the and the team fight uh auto again and they learn his uh his origin and that is like when he's out of the armor he's actually a good guy because the armor is like controlling him and we learn that he is actually the son of the world forger oh uh, the, shit. the being from scott snyder's so technically he's uh the grandson of perpetua yeah yeah the grandson of perpetua 
Um, wow, what a fucking call. And we learned that he's been completely forgotten in like every aspect. Like people used to worship him, but they've completely they've gotten so bad that he doesn't even remember his name. Um and he'd wander the earth and eventually he got to a time period where like cinemas were around and he found oh. he and he, they reminded him of like his temples and stuff and while the people were there, they while they weren't worshiping him, it felt like they were, so he got like a little bit of power. But then cinemas went away and the smartphone came out and oh, he could no. and uh because of his powers he could see like uh the 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 smartphone's god uh which is like the phone signals uh which he thought is, is a god and he's like well i'm gonna take over like the satellites because if i take them i'll be able to reach everyone and be worshipped and loved and the satellite well, which was interesting a motivation the Le- the lexcorp satellite had that uh auto uh like the movie pro- AI. yeah that movie ai and it like bonded with him and took him over and ma- became his armor and the armor is what like uh taps into his like base desires uh which is he wants he wants to be in control of a world and everything and that's what led to the creation of the archive of worlds wow what a big ass concept yeah oh for for, for a batman superman book <laughs> holy shit again man this this amazing story it's a it's almost a shame it was a batman superman story because i wish more people read it yeah um so the the heroes have to like try and save him but like the armor comes back on and he turns into a villain he ends up bringing etrigan and the hordes from another the hordes of hell from another film reel into uh the world of tomorrow to destroy everything we had had seen that yeah because they destroyed dr adam lex's universe Yeah. yeah that's cool yeah I, I just like I just like as well the team they've got they've got like Batman, Superman, Robin, Alana, and El Diablo. That's like the team. What a cool mix. Yeah, it's a great refreshing mix. And the the Wild West stuff that was all set like during the night and everything, not like broad daylight and high yeah, noon yeah. or anything. And it makes sense as well because El Diablo is like proto Batman. Very much so. Yeah. Why aren't they canceling this? This is so great. <laughs> it's too high concept for a Batman Superman book. <laughs> I guess. Like, that's that's the It's like, hey, sorry, Gene, Lu, and Yang. You got too good a concept. It's too high concept. <laughs> uh, that's that's a heartbreaker, but uh, that was good. I guess another Superman book we read this week, Action Comics. Yeah, well, we had Action Comics and Superman this week. I didn't read Superman yet, but I, I read did read Action Comics. Yeah. Action Comics the dope. Uh, it was and uh it was so good because it it brought like cosmic horror into superman did it ever like cthulhu (laughs) literally he fights cthulhu like when the atlantis guy is describing ah yes a great unknowable evil that sleeps below the waves is he dreaming us or are we dreaming i'm like god damn it it's cthulhu (laughs) and yet it adds up because cthulhu is the great old one and if this piece of the source wall is as old as we believe it to be of course they would know each other and interact yeah yeah or you could also make the make it so that like oh when hp lovecraft was writing about cthulhu he was writing about this piece of the source wall and that sort of stuff and it's like that's what the what that comes from yeah it's really great I didn't think that whole piece of the source wall thing was going to be important, but Phil Kennedy Johnson's like, no, it's actually very important. <laughs> well, again, I think that's going to feed into uh, the whole world, war world stuff that's coming up yeah, with yeah. Uh, like Grant Morrison and whatnot, because that's what like uh, the Superman book was the final issue of, of Clark Kent's Superman this week. Right, right. Uh, we oh, we actually get to learn more about these Kryptonian refugees and what their deal might be. Finger quote question mark. They seek to imply that they're called the Falasians and they're from like a lost splinter tribe of Kryptonians who were shunned for their scientific beliefs and went elsewhere in the universe. Kryptonian Scientologists. 
literally Kryptonians. Holy shit, that's right. They worship a scientist. Oh my god, how did I not <laughs> see that? Holy shit. They they shot themselves into space to go like blow up in volcanoes with <laughs> nuclear weapons or something. <laughs> And uh, they, they, they never got powers until right now. They're getting compa- uh, powers for the first time. Yeah, which is why they're slow to, like, uh, get them. Because they they've never seen, like, a yellow sun or anything. Right, so it's a whole big deal for them. And Superman's like, well, if a whole, you know, lost tribe of Kryptonians exists on Warworld, I have to go save them. John, who's been a wet blanket the whole arc, but for understandable reasons, is like, you know, this is a trap, right? This is almost certainly a trap. And Superman's like, well, if it is a trap, I gotta go anyway. Yeah, and then Batman's like, you know, it's a trap, right? <laughs> God damn it, you sound like my son, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a nice explainer too, where it's like, well, why does Batman or why does Superman have to go and start a whole new team with the Authority? Ah, because the Justice League don't help him. Yeah, again, the setting this all up, you can tell exactly where it's going. The Justice League are not going to be able to help them for some reason. Uh, there'll be yeah. some. Maybe it has to do with like Steve Trevor making a uh, a brief uh, appearance in comics, like he usually does, to like say That's like. It. To be like full pro america we own the ocean he, he gets a big superstar appearance to hey kids it's steve trevor remember i exist independent of wonder woman not really <laughs> that's i said he, he appeared in two books this week and that's two more than he's ever appeared in <laughs> for real it sure feels like it yeah he he basically says you know america owns the ocean give me the piece of the source wall and aquaman's like i'm not king but on behalf of all atlanteans get bent yeah fuck off <laughs> yeah and Superman's like, oh no, my two friends are fighting. What are they gonna do? I I want the I want the rock though because the rock talked to me and spoke of future events. <laughs> and yeah, and we saw his little like Kingdom Come symbol and everything, which he'll wear in the Authority book. Yeah, which uh, again, this whole future thing is that Superman sending a message back in time to Superman, or is that the weird cloaked guy who was fucking I, around with Mom? Do you think talking to him? I have a feeling that it's going to be something time related mainly just because uh the backup story with midnighter is all based around time travel and right. uh because yeah on that story because you did you didn't read that one did you no i end up but now it's, i want to go back because it's getting it's, an annual it's fucking weird man it's so fucking weird um yeah so midnighter's got like the future andre trojan in his head while he hunts the present day andre trojan to stop him from going into the future to create neurodium from Warworld slag and oh, yeah, and uh turning uh people into like uh weird like uh hybrid robot human stuff he wants to basically upload people's consciousnesses into robots because that's he thinks is the next the next step in evolution but he can't oh, do it right he's guys. he's doing it in like a lab and he's like doing it with people where he's like melding them together and they're like robots with like stretched out people faces and all they can do is like scream <laughs> oh yeah it's so fucking weird it's and he and he's he's managed to like reverse engineer a uh mother box thanks to he's kidnapped uh shiloh norman uh the mr miracle he's ended up uh reverse engineering a mother box yep yep uh and yeah it's it's so fucking weird it's just so fucking weird and yeah midnight is just saying i'm gonna go kill this guy and then i've got to send messages to myself in the future (laughs) because he's because he's not the midnighter in this book is from future state it's not the midnighter from the current current uh run the midnighter from the current run is in the future on warworld with superman oh shit man there's a there's a pretty big concept yeah 
Yeah. Which I guess it should be for Midnighter, yeah. I yeah. guess, you know, he is weird with his computer brain and everything, so yeah, he makes sense for this. Yeah, it's so fucking weird. Uh, Alright then, yeah. I'm probably gonna have to go back and check that out, because I want to check out the annual. I mean, these backups must be good and must be important if they're the, getting an annual. Yeah, well, the an yeah, those stories lead into the annual. Exactly, which is why I want to get up to date and know what's going on. Yeah. Uh... How many more books did you have, Max? That's basically it for me this week. Uh, I only had Superman issue 32. Okay, let's talk about Superman. It's more of fighting the not symbiotes. Yeah, this is the this is the final issue uh, right. in this run before it changes over into John's Superman. And uh, yeah, it's about them fighting the yeah the not symbiotes and trying to get them to stop stop leaving the planet in the uh, the dead celestial that they had. Um, but what i really liked about the book was like because like the last couple of issues it's all like narrated by clark through like the journal yeah yeah interesting device and it's 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 really great because like i'm pretty sure there's some meta commentary there about people who got fucking mad that john got aged up because there's this great parallel oh. where like uh uh the alien that alien uh guy and his yeah, son um how um uh, that alien that uh king wanted his son to take over from him but like he hated that his son was like into science and everything because that was different mm -hmm. and you can't have different on this world you've got to like conform to like a certain like standard and do nothing else and i got like oh, is that like a like a uh a, a commentary a little dig at the fans i'm like yeah oh, that's pretty cool that's pretty cool Quite um, possibly, yeah. But then at the end, uh, Phil Kennedy Johnson then also echoes what I've been saying ever since the age up, which is that John is still the same person, except he's taller now. And that's exactly literally what's said here in this book, where it's like he's still that kid, that compassionate, happy kid, despite everything he went through. You know, it's funny, I never thought about it that way, but you're right, physically he is older, mentally and emotionally he is still a child. Yeah, yeah, and... and, and uh, Clark says that resilience that he had he could never do he could never go through what his son went through in those years that he left and that's what makes him a superman and so whenever he thinks he doesn't measure up to being a superman he is a superman because he's going to be the superman that people start measuring themselves up to the superman of tomorrow if you will yeah interesting oh that sounds like a good ending to that story i i know when i had the choice between i can read this first or i can read action first oh i'm reading action first. read action yeah Re action what, comics was damn good what a, what a weird interesting time we're in now where action comics is the one with the bigger more <laughs> interesting story that you got to check out it's going to be interesting once uh the the, the son of kal-el book starts picking up because obviously that's going to be john's superman and then yeah. clark's superman is going to be in action so it's going to be interesting to see like sales figures like which one sells Definitely. more for real yeah people are given the choice i mean the other ones got tom taylor on it so you know there's got to be the taylor bump involved yeah but also like like i've seen so many people just get on on this philip kennedy johnson run uh because of his writing and because of like daniel samper's art and everything right yeah, there's a, there's a lot to enjoy. Again, Phil Kenny Johnson blowing up all over the place right now. Absolutely, yeah. And he's going to be blown up at both companies because he's got this and he's got that Extreme Carnage book starting soon as well. Yeah, and he's still doing Alien. Still doing Alien. He's like, Man, someone broke my heart about Alien when they said, hey, you know that main guy, like the old dude, the old action dad and everything there? Uh, he's basically a self-portrait of the artist. And I'm like, fuck off, oh, really? really? And then I 
Yeah, then I looked into him like, oh my god, he literally looks like the artist. Holy shit. That kind of makes sense because I know the artist on that book, I, I can't remember. I, I know it's not Salvatore LaRocca, is it? No, I don't think so, but yeah. I, I, I know I know that guy is like, he's he did a lot of the Star Wars stuff and it was notorious for like, oh, that's just like a screenshot. He's like traced over. Yeah. Yeah, the artist literally made himself the hero of the book. I'm like, oh, fuck off, really? <laughs> Someone told me that, and that broke my heart, because I'm like, oh, I know the first issue of this is pretty fun. You know, it's alien, but they're up in the whole cosmic horror thing and saying that, you know, Whalen yutani was in other, into other evil shit that might be important there. It's like, uh, and then, like, oh, the main character is just a self-portrait of the artist. I'm like, no, no, oh, come on. <laughs> I was a lot happier before I knew that. <laughs> All right, then. So is that everything from this week, Matt? Is that everything we did? I think so, yeah. All right. Anything to promote? Anything else you want to talk up in the next little bit? Ah, uh, well, this week, hopefully, like, well, again, depending on like lockdown and everything, um, I'm hoping to do some more streaming. I started streaming uh, FF7, uh, the Integrade, nice. uh, yesterday, and a lot of people really liked it. Uh, going by the numbers on my stream and everything, so I'm gonna keep doing that. I'm gonna also stream. I'm thinking either Yakuza or nice. or Persona Five. I haven't really decided ah. yet. I, I just started, uh, what is it, Final Fantasy Remake there, because I had it sitting yeah. around, and because God knows I need to start more games that I don't finish, so yeah, I started that one. <laughs> it's pretty really good, isn't it? it? Yeah. It, it's, it's pretty cool. I got to the train there. It's very cinematic. It's very, you know, bouncy and everything. I dig it. Yeah. Again, just not, a, not enough time in the day. I need a freaking <laughs> day off where i can just you know buckle down on games. well i don't think there's any like big games coming out over the next couple of months so like yeah you've got time it is and like i don't have a ps5 yet and i pretty much vowed to myself like i should stop buying games until i get a playstation 5 and finish some of this other stuff mm -hmm. then i saw like those wolfenstein games for like 19 bucks i'm like oh i never played those those have been on my list they okay, are really good happens, the stop. first two stop. are the first two are really good i haven't played youngblood but i have heard like mixed things yeah i heard things on that one too but the other ones are the ones i really wanted to play uh, yeah which uh, which yakuza are you doing uh well i've got kawami installed uh which nice. is the remake of the first one but i've been I, i've been told i can do kawami one and two and then go back to zero or i can do zero first it is like you will appreciate zero more if you know the plot of yakuza yeah, one i fear I, I thought i might do that so yeah i'm thinking i'll probably do that because there's a lot of mythology gags and a lot of other stuff yeah. and also basically the whole majima story really only works if you knew majima as a bad guy in the first one okay for them to man majima has such a crazy history of being this bad guy being this recurring boss being your reluctant vegeta friend in the other series <laughs> to now him just being like uh like the secondary protagonist yeah <laughs> the franchise is so fucking to where in kiwami 2 they made new material for him for a whole other side campaign oh nice I know, I cannot believe it, and I'm like, well, yeah, of course I can believe it, because Majima's dope as fuck. <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> I love him. I I really want to play the new one, too, uh, Like a Dragon, but I'm waiting for Next Gen to play I, that. I one. just so saw that. Games. That came up on Game Pass. I'm like, oh, I want to install it. But yeah, I'm like, oh, I want to play it on PS5, though. I almost got Game Pass because of that, because I'm like, oh, I really want to play that, because I love my Yakuza series, but I should really wait to have something on ps5 to play yeah that was like on everyone's game of the year list even people uh was it, who've never really seen yakuza or gotten into mm -hmm. it they're like oh this i like yeah this i can dig 
Uh, all right, then, everyone. Thank you so much for watching and listening. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, everyone, who super chatted on yes, YouTube. We really thank you. appreciate that. That helps keep the light on. That helps uh, keep us going and everything in these trying times. Uh, what is it? Again, if you're a patron, you'll be able to get this episode first before anyone else in audio and visual form. You can also watch slash listen to the newest episode of Capes and Crooks, which is up there right now. We stream that. That was a lot of fun. Nice. So get ready for that one if you're so interested. I also launched a little side audio series there called Behind the Adventure, where I basically do like my own behind the scenes as a dungeon master if you're interested in running your own games or if you just can't get enough Capes and Crooks content. That was a lot of fun to do, and I'm going to try and keep doing that as we move forward. Awesome. All right, so thank you so much, everyone, for watching and listening. Uh, we'll be back again next week, same time, on Twitch and YouTube. So until then, everyone, bye-bye. See ya.